Welcome to 500 Seconds to Joy. I'm your host, Stephanie, and I am joined by John Edwards today. He is a podcast host as well. It's called Just a Guy in the Pew. And his ministry is called Just a Guy in the Pew. And I love the message behind that, which is just that he's such a humble man of God who has experienced intense transformation in his own life and has an incredible testimony of what God has done in his life. It's absolutely amazing. I will link the video in the show notes. But today we're talking about vulnerability and spiritual leadership. And as a man, I think he has a very unique take on this idea of vulnerability. And I've personally been really inspired by what he shared. And I've noticed God calling me personally, me, Stephanie, into a closer relationship with him and others and just to really open up and be more vulnerable and allow God to work through me in a deeper way. Because John Edwards, God is working through him, you guys. It's incredible. And I think it's because he's vulnerable and he's open. So you may have heard from John Edwards um, a week or two ago. I think it's two weeks ago now. Um, Hard to keep track. But yeah, he was talking about spiritual leadership. um, And today he's really diving into that even more deeply how we can, as wives, encourage our husbands to be spiritual leaders. And if there's any guys out there listening, just some tips for um, being more of a spiritual leader in the home. And um, I love the way John talks about it because it's never in a condemning way. It's always in this like inviting, encouraging way. I, I just really think he has such a unique take on this. And his talk about vulnerability, the way he talks about it is just incredible. You're just going to have to listen to it yourself. So in this two-part series, I know you're going to be inspired by what John Edwards shares, and I know you're going to want to hear his podcast and connect with him further. So all those links are in the show notes, and I am so grateful that he took the time to talk with me. And without further ado, here's part one of our conversation. Enjoy, friends. Hi, John. Welcome to the podcast. Let's pretend we haven't been talking for the past 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds good to me. We can start right back from the beginning. I'm glad to be with you again, Stephanie. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for being here. So everybody, this is John Edwards, and he is a Catholic speaker. Um, You may have heard from him before in our mini episode we did recently, and he is the host of the podcast, Just a Guy in the Pew. And this guy is the real deal. You know, we had a, like, I wasn't joking. We talked for about 40 or 45 minutes before we clicked record. And, um, you know, he's just a real guy who really cares about people and wants to spread the gospel. So anyway, welcome, John. And can you just start by introducing yourself and your podcast, Just a Guy in the Pew, and, you know, maybe just share the mission of your ministry and just everything you do. Like, what is the mission behind it? Sure, sure. Well, that might have been the best introduction I ever got already from you, so thank you for that. But, <laughs> but uh, my name is John Edwards, and I live in Memphis, Tennessee with my wife, Angela, and have three beautiful children, Jacob, who's 10, and Caitlin and Allison, which are identical twin, red-haired, blue-eyed girls. Um, so those are that's my family, and uh, you know, born and raised Baptist until about the age of 18, and you know, there's a, there's a story in there that if, if they want to check that out, it's really a long one for this, you know, for the time we have here, but they can go to, you know, my website, you know, we can mention later and and listen to that, but um, became Catholic when I married my wife and I wasn't really practicing for the first 10 years. I had some addictions and some things like that, that I had been hiding in my life that almost cost, uh, cost me my marriage and my family and everything. And uh, luckily I had a wonderful uh, angel, the angel of my life, my wife, Angela, 
you know, stayed with me through all of that and allowed me the time and the time God needed to change my life. So um, I really, I, you know, I, over the last couple of years, I've started men's groups in, in my hometown of Memphis in my parish, and that kind of took off. Uh, it was based on vulnerability and, and sharing, you know, getting up and sharing with other men what had happened in my life, and which is an unusual concept for men. But um, I found that it's the key to, the key to unlocking the door of your heart. Uh, so the Lord can come in and 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 really give you that abundance of of grace and love and mercy that He wants to. So, uh, through the midst of all of that, people started seeing kind of what I was doing around the diocese and and started sort of latching on to it. Next thing you know, I was you know witness speaker at our men's conference here in Memphis, and you know one of the deacons that lives here in Memphis, Deacon Jeff Drzymski, he's joining us for the virtual conference as well. He's the host of uh, the Catholic Cafe on EWTN that's been on there for years and years. And he said, you need a podcast. And, and I, you know, I said, get out of here, man. I don't know what I'm doing with that. Like, I, you know, <laughs> I couldn't see anybody wanting to listen to me, you know, like that. But he, uh, he asked me what I would call it. And, and off the top of my head became just a guy in a pew when I'd started going to daily masses. Uh, you know, I'm a six foot eight guy. So walking into an eight fifteen mass with about 10 to 15 women and men, you know, 70 to 85 years old, you kind of stick out. And so after masses, they would come up while I was praying and, and I would hear like a click clock of heels and then they would stop and touch my shoulder and, and, uh, and I'd look up and say, yes, ma'am. And they'd say, are you in the diaconate? Are you in the seminary? And I'd say, no, ma'am, I'm just a guy in the pew. So that's where the name mm -hmm. came from. And my mission is just to, I want to bring people to Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, the, the tagline for the podcast is, uh, welcome to the pew, the place for everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person that could do something about it, Jesus Christ. And, and so the mission, you know, we, we started Pew Ministries, which is a nonprofit, which houses uh, just to get on the pew and some other things my wife and I are being called to do. But uh, the mission of the whole thing is to bring the person of Jesus Christ to the person in the pews. Uh, you know, we have one third of our of our faithful that don't believe in the real presence of the Eucharist. And I think we need to start evangelizing there. And 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 I love to do that through sharing my life and then also you know, talking to people about the power of vulnerability, it's such a, a lot of people see that as a negative word in culture and, and the world has its own definition, but God has his definition. And so I spend a lot of time talking to men and women about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, before we recorded, you totally ministered to me about vulnerability. You know, uh -huh. I have shared on the podcast before. And, you know, if you know me in real life, you know this. Um, but, you know, my mom's battle with cancer when my little baby, who's now almost a year and a half, he was two weeks old when we found out. So it's been almost a year and a half now. And there's been so many ups and downs. And it's really painful and sad and hard to talk about. And since I'm someone who likes to focus on joy and you know my podcast is called 500 seconds to joy I feel like I'm a downer if I talk about this really really painful thing in my life um mm. but I really appreciate that you have such a authentic presence like you just I feel like people like you because not only do you share the gospel in a way that makes sense to just a guy in the pew just a woman in the pew but you also by sharing your own story and being vulnerable first, you know, it kind of opens other people up to be vulnerable and sure. and share yeah. their life. And I think that is so powerful 
And, you know, you, you have ministered to me. So I really feel like people listening will be ministered to. Um, so whether you're Catholic or not, I encourage you to stick around and, and listen because this topic, it's for men and women, both. Um, this, this topic of vulnerability really, it matters. And God wants this for each of us in our lives. So could you start by just kind of explaining what does it mean to be vulnerable? Like, what is God's definition of vulnerability? And could you contrast that with like the world's definition of what that means? Sure. Well, you know, the world, let's start with that. So, you know, you could actually start with like a verse and the, the famous verse from Ezekiel, I think it's 36, 26 or something like that, where he says, I will give you a new heart. I will give you a heart of flesh. I will take out your hardened heart, your heart of stone and, and replace in you a heart of flesh. And that's really what vulnerability allows the Lord to do. You know, we don't realize it, but over our lives, we have so many things that go on to us. We have so many mistakes and failures and sins and, and things that we're not proud of that have happened to us or that we've done ourselves. And so we carry that stuff around. And, you know, the world would tell you, uh, and I tell this to guys all the time, because I think a lot of men have had fathers that, you know, raised them with this whole mentality of, of you know, put your head down, work hard, don't complain, don't have feelings, don't cry, the whole you know, scraping your knee when you're a kid, and your dad kind of pulling you up by your arm and telling you to rub dirt on it, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, and so there's a lot of men and women that walk around this world, like with this, just, it's not okay for me to be open and honest about what's going on with me or who I am. And, and the world kind of builds this definition out there of vulnerability is weak, you know, means I'm weak, I'm powerless, I'm defenseless, I'm susceptible to attack, you know, for a man, I'm, I'm a wuss, or I, I'm not, I can't protect my family. I, I'm, a meek, all of these things. And, and so we have this mindset to where, you know, we've got to have this tough exterior. You know, you see a lot of guys, they walk in the room and it's, they're automatically alpha dog in it, you know, and a lot of women do like, you know, it's just this, this facade, this, this front. And it costs us so much to keep that built up that wall and that exterior of, of trying to be these different people. And so we carry around a lot of masks you know, I'm this guy at this place and I'm this guy with these friends and this guy at church and this guy at work. And it's just all of this stuff that we're not meant to do. And, and, and to your point, God has a different definition. So, you know, he tells Paul, my power is made perfect in weakness. Now that doesn't make sense, right? Like power and weakness, like it just doesn't, those are two polar opposites, at least the way that we've been raised to believe. But what Paul goes on to say is he says, if I am to, if I'm to boast, let me boast of my weaknesses, my burdens, my persecutions, my insults, my hardships, because when I'm weak, I'm strong. And so what I've found out in my life, uh, Stephanie, is, is, you know, I had that, the thing that went on in my life, I was arrested for the possession of cocaine. I had an addiction for a lot of years. And, you know, I was in a physical jail cell of mortar and brick and, and, but every one of us out there, men, women alike, we're walking around in a four walled prison cell of our own mistakes, failures, insecurities, sins, lies that we've told, all these person, these facades of, of who we are out there. And so every time we try to open that door and walk out of that room and say, no, I want to be something different. I want to be better. The devil comes and he starts poking and prodding, right? And he pushes you in your side and he says, you know, what if, if you go out there, they're going to find out about your porn problem. You know, if you go out there, they're going to find out 
about you drink too much. They're going to find out about the way you yell at your kids when, when you're tired, they're going to, whatever it is. And so you let go of that handle and you stay in there because he, he convinces you that it's comfortable in here, right? If you start following that Jesus guy, you're going to have to change. You're going to have to be different. You're going to have to care about other people down here. You could, you could be here in your selfishness. You can be in here and like everything you're used to, you can still have fun. And so he convinces you that the torture and the pain lies on the outside of that, of that door. If you go out there, you're going to lose everything. People aren't going to love you. You're, in my case, if, if people knew about your, your your arrest, you know, your kids might be kicked out of school. You may not be able to go to the same parish. Think about the embarrassment it's going to bring to your wife, like all of these things. And so the devil tries to keep you trapped in there. But when you become vulnerable with like three people, this is my perception, at least with yourself, like you have to say, this is something in my life that I, I know has been going on and I need to deal with. Um, when you have to do that first and you can come to grips with it. And then you have, you know, I need to be vulnerable with God. I mean, the confessional as Catholics, we have reconciliation to be able to take that and say, Lord, this is something that you and I both know is, is screwed up in my life or messed up or it's something I've been carrying and, and I need to bring it to you so you could forgive me and I can be released of this. The Lord wants, that's how he softens that hardened heart. And so we do that. And then the third thing is we've got to be vulnerable with other people. You know, we, the world has this sense of, of, you know, and you and I talked about this a little bit ago. You know, like we've all seen the Facebook pictures of of the families at Christmas that are all dressed up like elves, you know, and they're they're all wearing the <laughs> same clothes and they get the biggest smiles on their face. And you're like, oh, look at that perfect family. But the fact is, we all know it took them like an hour and a half to get that one shot. You know, kids are running around. Parents are screaming at the kids. Stuff's breaking. You know, there's nothing perfect about what had to happen to make that that image, you know, but we all think like we all know we're broken, but we all spend so much time acting like we're not. And think about all that energy and that 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 time that could be used to grow in holiness, to grow in our relationship with our spouse, with our children, that we don't spend wasting on that. So we have to be vulnerable. So when the devil comes back, when you reach for that door again, and he starts poking and prodding, and he says, "Remember this?" You go, "Yeah, I do remember that." And I already told everybody. So yeah, everybody already knows. And then he he pokes somewhere else. Yeah, they know about that too. Yeah, they know about that. All of a sudden, he has no more power over you. And you open that door and you walk out and you realize it's not torture and pain and loss and all of these things that he convinces you about outside. No, it's peace because everybody knows you have no more weight. You have no more stuff to hide. You can be who God has created you to be. And there's a freedom with that that I promise you, you will not find anywhere else a peace, that peace that the Lord wishes to give you. And when you can do that, then you can be free to become who you are. And all of this stuff becomes so much easier. And then your life, you can become a gift. You know, the Lord says to care for your neighbor, love your God and love your neighbor. This is an opportunity now where you get all this stuff out of your life. It's not about you anymore. You're not focusing on you and what you got to hide and what you've got to pretend to people. Now you can say, this is who I am. If you like it, great. I'd love to be your friend. If not, then, uh, uh, you know, I'll pray that that changes one day. But either way, I'm okay with who I am because I know the one opinion that matters is God's. And now I can go out and be myself and allowing me to be like to be open and free and peaceful like that. I'm not concerned with myself. I can be concerned with others. And now I'll become a gift that God calls me to be. That is so powerful. You know, most of my listeners are moms, wives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think vulnerability is something that maybe women can get behind a little bit more. Yeah. But what about 
for, you know, in their spousal relationships? Like, um, you know, how can wives encourage their husbands to be vulnerable? Like, you know, there's that famous, like, I want to talk or how are you feeling or, you know, things that I feel like causes our husbands to just shut down. Sure. so I'm wondering, since you're a man, you're, yeah. you're uh, married and you, you have a particular viewpoint mm-hmm. that us women can't quite understand. Um, so sure. I would love to hear how, how you think us women should like approach our husbands when wanting them to open up and be, be vulnerable. Sure. And I, I think, you know, there, there has to be the understanding that is tremendously hard for a lot of men. I mean, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have, uh, you know, I would have, if Angela came to me and said something like that, I'd probably be like, yeah, uh, you know, I'm good. I'm just going to have a beer and turn on the ball game, whatever, you know, and just completely deflect. But, you know, I think that having the knowledge that it's hard for men in the first place, like that, that men, we get a bad rap of not, not wanting to share, not, but it's not that. A lot of times we just, we don't know how to. So I think there's an understanding that has to go in there in the first place is like, look, I, I want my husband to be you know open with me more. I want to know him better. I want him to share the stuff, but it can't be a forcing sort of nagging thing. Cause that's going to, that's going to push a guy away. You know, it's going to make a guy angry. So what, what I really think, you know, the first thing that you need to do is pray, pray for your husband that, that, that God will open his heart, you know, I, cause I know Angela did that for me for a very, very long time. And then, you know, it wasn't the way that either one of us would have liked God to change my heart, you know, being being put into jail, but that's the way he chose to do it. So, but a lot of that I know came from her prayer. So prayer's a big one. Two, just just letting letting your husband know, just look, I want to share things with you. And, and I hope that you feel like you could share things with me. Always putting it on yourself is, is sort of that extending hand, you know, that I want to offer you this first. Because like you said a minute ago, a lot of times, like, you know, I go in a room full of guys and they're all, their arms are all folded. They're looking like, I'm not, I'm just here because my wife made me to, you know, made me come or, you know, a buddy of mine asked me. And by the time I'm done talking about vulnerability, they're like, in, they're in tears and their hands are open and you can tell they want to share. And it's because someone else opened their heart, right? When, when Christ is on the cross, his arms aren't closed. His arms are open. Like that's the most vulnerable person that ever lived that is sitting there on a cross naked, hanging there bleeding to death for you and me, you know, and, and bleeding tears of blood in the garden. Like all of these things that he did, he opened himself up to where there was nothing left. You know, when I first became vulnerable with a group of men, I walked in this room and told everybody, and I might as well, you know, I always tell people, I might as well have walked in there naked. Like that's how exposed I was. I felt when I got through, you know, with, with what I had to say. And, and so when people do that, a, a wife to a husband, say, you know what, this is something I've always struggled with and I want to share it with you. You know, not because I'm griping about something or I, or I'm saying, I I want you to hear, you know, to, to, to listen to something. I want to tell you where where, something that's, that's no one else knows about me, or I want to tell you something about where I am and something I'm struggling with. And what happens is it's almost like you're extending this olive branch out to say like, look, this is a safe place. And I've exposed myself to you. I've trusted you with my heart. I've trusted you with my with my feelings and with my my spirit. And I'm asking you to do the same. Okay, that's it for part one. Tune into part two for a lot more goodness.